often we we believe the lie that we're pretty good <laughs> but then most often we feel pretty horrible about ourselves and for me to sit there and say Jesus saw me as part of the joy that was set before him Jesus saw us if we would just take a moment and bask in that we're going into the week of uh, red letter challenge of forgiving now we spent the last week kind of going through what it just is to be with Jesus and I like that we started that way I need to spend more time with Jesus I need to know that he is the most important thing in my life and I need to show that by my desire to spend time with him the problem is we get caught up in distractions of the world. We get caught up in our own thinking. We get caught up in just frustration. And I don't know about you, but I think all of you would agree that life just seems busier and busier, but yet we're not going anywhere, right? We're not getting anything done. People are just filling their lives with busyness. You know, these wonderful little tools that we have like to ding when someone sends us a spam email. Oh, someone sent me something, and i got to stop what I'm doing and look at it. And I know not all of you, you got really, you're really good at putting your phones away and having good order in your life for that. But in 1 John 3, we're going to talk about forgiveness today. And we're going to talk about forgiving. And I think that, that it's one of the... <laughs> Sometimes people think, oh, he's going to talk about forgiving. I know I need to forgive. But we need to start somewhere first. 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 3 says, See what kind of the love the Father has given to us. Some versions say has lavished upon us, drenched us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared, but we do know that when He appears, we shall be like Him. What a great promise. Because we shall see Him as He is. And everyone who thus hopes in Him purifies himself as He is pure. Now again, this past week we've been practicing what it means to be with Jesus. Many of us struggle still with this idea because we wrestle with who we are in Christ and whether we truly believe that we are forgiven. I pray this last, this last week has served to allow God the Holy Spirit to pour His words of comfort over you and to assure you that you are His own child. My kids know that they're my kids, even though they know that I know that they've screwed up. Uh, you know, but you're, they're still my kids. And I still love them. And that's even loving him in my finite being as a, as, a, as a human. How much greater, it's just a taste of a little glimpse of how great God loves us. So as you look at forgiving, I want us to focus not on how forgiving you are. Don't say, okay, I want to know how forgiving I am. But I think we need to just stop and pause and say, how forgiven are we? Shifting our attention to how forgiving God is. Because we need to understand that we cannot really forgive if we have not really laid hold of the fact that we're forgiven. And this is a big struggle. I believe that many of us struggle with receiving and believing the complete eradication of our sin. So consider what eradication infers. The deliberate obliteration or destruction of something. 
The complete removal as from the roots. The root of sin is destroyed by the work of Jesus. And we hear those words, but yes, it is, yay! And then we go, but maybe not this time for me. I want to believe that. I pray that we would hear words from the Lord today that we are truly forgiven and that we would take them as truth and reality. It would set tone for how we live our lives. Listen to the words of comfort from Zephaniah. And many people go, Zephaniah? What are you talking about, right? I had a guy, side note, that uh, joined the, the music team in, in New Mexico, and he's a, he's a baby believer. And he calls me one day. He goes, hey, did you know there's a Habakkuk in the Bible? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. He's like, he goes, that's so cool. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> but Zephaniah, little minor prophet, has some key words for us. So listen to what I believe the Lord is saying to us today. Zephaniah 3.17 The Lord your God is in your midst. A mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by His love. He will exult over you with loud singing. This is what God is doing for each one of us. How often do I think God's singing over me? He's rejoicing because of me. Really? I look at other people, well, of course he's rejoicing for you because you got it together. But me? The Lord God is here. He is mighty to save. He has removed your sin and no longer counts it against you. He rejoices over you because you were once in rebellion to him and now you are free and alive in him. He leads you beside still waters and he quiets fly your soul. He sings over you a song of rejoicing. Now I might get a little exercised in this because I love talking about being forgiven because I want to lay hold of it. Now in light of those words, we can freely rest in the work of Jesus. However, we still, something strange about us, well me anyway, I, you know, I, I don't think I'm that uncommon. <laughs> but in light of those words, we still hold sin close. We still wrestle with feeling accepted by God. Listen, we are in a world that really emphasizes too much feeling. Would you agree? Like, how do you feel about that? Well, you know what? Sometimes feelings can be a little misleading. Well, a lot of times feelings can be misleading. Emotions are good when they're under the control of the Holy Spirit. It's on you now. Good. (laughs) But we hold sin close and we struggle with feeling accepted by God. And this is sensitive work that we're going to do this morning. I believe that the spiritual life of a person is the most intimate part of our being. And so what do we do? We guard it. We protect it. And we just hope that we're right. And if somebody comes in and says, hey, you might be wrong, you're like, hey, hey, man, don't tell me that. Back off. If I were to tell you that we were going to talk about vulnerability today at the start, you'd probably all just say, okay, see ya. We're out. Most of us would begin to squirm in our seats and put up this wall of defense. We don't like being vulnerable. We really don't. I don't like being vulnerable. I think of, a, of an innocent child that's been neglected as someone who's vulnerable. I don't want to be that way. But if you'll indulge me for a moment, I want to touch on something that we struggle with. And that is, I really believe we struggle with being forgiven. We love to proclaim the forgiveness of God, and we desire that other, others understand that they're forgiven, yet we often proclaim it as just a hopeful thought for myself. A sincere desire, I hope it's true, and not truth for us. I'll proclaim forgiveness for other people all the time. Yeah, 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 hold on to it. 
And then realize, yeah, but I'm still wrestling with really feeling free and forgiven myself. Many of us have, as parents, now I'm not chastising you parents because I did this, so I'm not, you know, I'm in this with you. But we disciplined our child, and when they habitually continued in a pattern of behavior, what did we say when they said, I'm sorry? We said, well, I'll know you're really sorry when you stop acting like that, or you stop doing that. Then I'll know you're really sorry. That's what we do. We know the famous verse from John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Yes, we like that. But we must not stop there because I think the real just beautiful nugget of wisdom and the heart of God is found in the next verse. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. This is our hope. Yes, he forgives, but Jesus came, why? Not to sit there and say, oh, you guys are all messed up. I'm done with you. No, I love you guys. You're valuable enough to me that I'm going to give my own life for you. Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost. Jesus hung on the cross and he said what? It is finished, proclaiming the work of salvation for all the world has been completed. Christ fulfilled the, the, the words that we see in Psalm 103.12 where he says, as far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. He removed them on the cross so that we can now have fellowship with God once again. Eradication. Removed it as from the roots. The issue of sin, not just the sins that we do, but the root cause of sin, he removed. However, we read these words, we hear them, and we still wrestle with believing. Maybe not right now. You're like, oh yes, I believe that. But you walk out and within a couple minutes you're like, oh man, I'm still doing this. Maybe I'm not forgiven. Maybe I'm still a mess up. I think we need to take a moment right now and, and just pray this prayer. And if, you don't, if you're not familiar with this prayer, I, I, I encourage you. It's really simple. And there was a, a man who had a sick child in Mark 9. And Jesus said, hey, do you believe? And he goes, I believe. Help my unbelief. This is something that I think if you're not in a habit of, I would encourage you. I believe. Help me in my unbelief. Lord, I believe you're good. I believe that you've saved. I believe you've eradicated sin even for me. But help me in my unbelief because there's still something there that I'm like, yeah, it's too good to be true. By the way, if it's not too good to be true, it's probably not from God. Because what God has done for us is too good to be true. But we know it is truth. And so we're so excited. Because it's everything we long for. Now all of us have regrets and moments of our past that we wish we could change. Right? There's some things you've done, things you've said, ways you were for a time. That you're like, oh man... And sometimes you get men together at retreat and they start bragging about how awful they were, right? Well, one time, you know, I did this and this. And like, well, great. <laughs> so you're showing us how stupid you were for a time. Awesome. Thank you very much. But it's just weird how we are. We start exalting our sin to some degree. Why? Because we want to feel okay. We want to hear other people laugh at what you did and think, okay, I'm okay. And sometimes it, dis it detracts from what God has done. We've made decisions that maybe have been a little less than the best for us. We've settled for lesser joy than Jesus and thought the foolishness of our thinking 
was wiser than God's counsel. Now, if I were to ask you in the moment, hey, do you think that your thinking is wiser than God? Well, no. But yet, we act as if it is. We're like, what? And, and it's funny, if we can remove ourselves from the situation and look in like, like a third party and go, you're being dumb, right? But we can't do that. We can't do that. We, we're, we're in it. And we just get in these patterns. And then what happens is we're like, well, I've already sinned now. I might as well just go all the way, right? I mean, I've seen people who are struggling with addiction. And they mess up. And there's such guilt that they go too far. I knew a gal um, who was sober, doing really, really a good job for, for a couple of years, but was wrestling with it. And she, she messed up one night and really messed up and walked into traffic and ended up getting hit and killed. Because that's what sin will do to you. It will just kill you. And it will make you feel unloved. Sometimes we've given into the flesh and have done and said things that have left a permanent mark on our lives, right? You guys bear some, you know, we're, Paul tells us to bear the mark of Christ that he does, but I think a lot of us bear the marks of, of our sin. Others may not know you, but you know the shame, the guilt, the hurt, and the bitterness that you fight with. I told you it's going to be a little vulnerable this morning. You know the enemy, the accuser, is whispering in your ear, just wait until people find out what you've done, what you've thought, what you've said in the past. Then they'll see who you really are. So what do we do? We put up masks and facades to make everyone think that we're all right. When all the while we're shaking inside and wondering if this is the day that my wickedness will be revealed to all. And all the while the Holy Spirit's saying, that's not who you are. That's not who you are. Romans 8.1 explains that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We stand free, not accused in Christ. So here's, here's a litmus test. And, and to me, I love what God does, makes things very black and white, very simple. If you're hearing words that make you feel condemned, depressed, guilty, or ashamed, they're not from God. They're just not. Why? Because that's Zephaniah. Right? He's quieting you with his love. He's rejoicing over you with singing. That's the words of God. There's no condemnation for you that are in Christ Jesus. If you hear something else, that's not from God. The spiritual discipline that we struggle with is, okay, help me decipher that in the moment. But that's why it's important that we have fellowship with one another. That's why it's important that we get involved in one another's lives. That's why it's important that we pray for one another. So that we know that when the enemy's there telling you things that are just downright lies, you can be encouraged. God forgives you, embraces you, loves you, cares for you, enjoys you. He enjoys me? Yeah. He blesses you, and he calls you his very own, and he takes care of you. In the beginning of the Red Letter Challenge, we noted that one of the ways Christians are described is judgmental. Being judgmental is actually the opposite of forgiving. Let me suggest to you, to you that until we have truly received the complete forgiveness of God for all the secret sins that cause us grief and shame, we cannot completely forgive others. And I think it's important that we just, uh, 
Hammer's not the right term, but I'm going to use it. Hammer this point in. You are forgiven. You are complete in Christ. You've heard the word justified before. Maybe you've heard it described as, um, you know, just as if I had never sinned. That's a cute little way to explain it. But there's another way. It's not just as if I'd never sinned. It's just as if I'd always obeyed. That's how God looks at you. He doesn't see your sin. He goes, I've created you new, and you, you always obey me now. And you're like, come on. Really? Yeah. That's how God sees you. Out of our being, we understand that we are forgiven, and now we can forgive. So we're a family here, right? You know, we, we gather together as God's family. I want to encourage us to help one another be mindful of how greatly we have been forgiven. We confess, we give absolution, we gather at the Lord's table, not so that we can be forgiven once again, but to be reminded that Jesus has taken our sin upon himself and buried it in the grave forever, and he pronounces forgiveness, continual forgiveness over you and over me. It's not like you walk out those doors and you have to wait till the next time we come to church to, to receive forgiveness. Jesus has pronounced you as forgiven. And we get to encourage one another, but it's sure nice when we gather together to hear those words and be reminded, hey, God's work is sufficient for you. Jesus continually washes us with the life of forgiveness. And this life now frees us to not be bound by our past mistakes. Listen, this is a problem that we have. Your mistakes... Your sin, your shame does not define you. People are always searching for who am I going to be? What am I going to be? And so they pour their lives into a sport, a hobby, a career, a family. The problem with you pour yourself into family, which is good, by the way. But what happens? Your kids grow up and they leave. And now what are you left with? Who am I now as a parent? Because my kids are gone. And you see a lot of people having crisis when that happens, because their identity was wrapped around in the fact that, that they were this, or they were a career person, and there were cutbacks, and a company that they had served for 20 years lets them go, and they don't know who they are anymore, because their identity was wrapped up in being this profession. God's wired us that way, by the way. And he's wired us that way so that we would start finding our identity in Christ and understanding that. Be reminded again of the verses that I started with in 1 John 3. See what kind of love the Father has given us that we should be called children of God and so we are right now. Beloved, we are children of God now. And we know that we will be like Him when we see Him. He has made us like Him. So here's a challenge. Maybe you're struggling receiving the complete eradication of your past. And it might just be this morning, Right? might just be yesterday. If you're breathing, you probably missed the mark within the last you know, 24 hours, I would say. And that's okay. That should drive you to go, oh, thank you, Jesus. But you might be struggling with receiving the complete eradication of your past because it might mean that you have to forgive someone that has truly hurt you. If I really receive the forgiveness of Christ, then I know He's going to expect me to forgive those people that have hurt me. Maybe the pain is too deep and you simply can't bring yourself to consider forgiveness. 
Listen, no pain, no hurt, no bitterness, no sin is outside the reach of Christ and he wants to make you whole. He has made you whole and he wants you to receive it. He wants you, he wants you to know that he's going to get in your mess with you. He just, he's not saying, hey, get it right and then you can approach. He's like, no, I'm, I'm diving into your world. I'm getting dirty with you. And why am I doing that? So I can be next to you and show you grace, mercy, forgiveness, and healing. Too often, our identity is wrapped up in misery and bitterness. Do you know those people? They're just, man, what happened to you? Sometimes you want to say. Actually, I don't want to say that because then you get a can of worms, right? (laughs) And it scares us to forgive some people because we have become so used to holding on to our right to be hurt and offended that we have created a prison and the need is for Jesus to set us free. Maybe your pray watch cards this week is going to have your name at the top. Say, Lord, help me receive the forgiveness. Help me to apprehend it. Help me to take hold of it by faith in a greater way than I ever have. But then don't leave it with just your name. Say, Lord, help me to do this because I need to forgive others. Maybe as we ask God, what are you inviting me into today? The process of receiving complete forgiveness is what he wants to invite you in. He's like, hey, I want to invite you into really understanding how great the love of the Father has for you, how forgiven you are, how free you are. You don't need to hold on to these things. Those things don't define you. That bitterness, that hurt, that's not who you are. And it's better for you if you would let it go. But we can't just let it go. We need Jesus to come and pry our hand open and take it from us right? And he'll do that for you. What Christ has done is complete. He will take your hurt and give you healing. He will take your defeat and replace it with victory. He will take your regret and turn it into rejoicing. Jesus is calling us and asking us to be a forgiving people because we have been greatly forgiven. So I want us just to take in a a moment, say it's finished. And that we would truly experience the releasing power of the eradication of all our sins, past, present, and future. So can we take a moment, just in silence, and say, Lord, take it. Help me know that I'm forgiven. Lord, I'm holding on to these things. And I'm not feeling worthy. I'm not feeling forgiven. I'm not feeling And he goes, I know, I know you're not feeling it, but I want you to know that it's true. So let's just take a moment.